from A to Zara, the Zara Media Group's podcast about all things content. I'm very excited to have a special guest here with us today. Her name is Caroline Collins. She is the head of communications and engagement at Irish Life, which is Ireland's leading life insurance and pensions company. Caroline, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. It's going to be pretty cool. So this episode is all about E, E things. We're going to be talking about um, employee experience and engagement and employer brand and how you can use that for recruitment purposes. Um, there is a content angle to all of these, um, and I think it's going to be very, really interesting to talk more about employee experience because I, for one, it, it kind of viewed it as a very ambiguous term. Like mm-hmm. what, it, It's something that lots of companies strive for, but the fact that that's actually in your job title and it's something that Irish Life is really pursuing, I mean, that's, that's huge, and it's a kind of a brand new area of, I think, of employee development and... Um, you know, in terms of companies, really like taking that extra step to make sure that employees like where they're working, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I think we're just going to dive in. And if you could talk a little bit more about how you define employee experience and mm-hmm. what that means to you and your role. Sure. I think you hit upon something really interesting in that Irish Life is invested in this area um, and particularly not just employee engagement, but moving into the area of employee experience that's that bit newer. So if the question is, so what is it and why does it make a difference? A lot has been invested historically and I think increasingly so in in customer experience. So what a brand means to somebody, how it resonates with their personal values and why they choose it as against any other is really important. But if you think about the role of employers and the relationship they have with their employee population, where you choose to work and give your time and passion and innovation and the very best of your professional self is even more personal than the brand you choose to wear, whether they're lifestyle brands or cosmetics or the car you drive. So that to me is employee experience. It's the end to end relationship that an employer has with the people and the community that that it's built to work for it and deliver on its business objectives. What I would say is that it is new. So a lot of the time we have to have the conversation around how it blends the behavioral psychology, internal communications and traditional employee engagement to cross those lines and begin to talking about that that hold end to end from the minute that you look at a job ad through to deciding to apply right the way through to very hopefully retiring after a long career or increasingly with millennials you don't quite get there people people job hop more but it's that the experience they have with you while they're with your your company is as positive as it can be and support them to develop and grow and deliver on the ambitions that they they brought with them through the door and um, but in the best interests of the business yeah and i think you bring up a really good point there in terms of it is the entire journey of the employee right it's not just oh i i saw this ad or i got referred to this job and then i filled out this application like it can all seem very disjointed when you're going through the process and i think when there's a lot of intention put behind it to make sure that it's a positive experience yeah. to make sure that you're taking care of the employee as a whole person like yeah. that's just going to speak volumes to the kind of candidates you get and yeah. then also what they say after they leave the job right absolutely and i think historically people went looking for jobs now people have careers and career trajectories and career paths you can do a lot of the reading around the literature but for the most part they will have a number of careers during their working life and that's not just millennials it's experienced hires it's people who come in hot talent sectors who honestly don't want to think of themselves as starting in a job and staying for 20 years certainly that's not something i expected when i left college and i don't think i'm that unusual and i'm not a millennial so i think they, they get a bad rap for a lot of things but that's not one of them um, so when we're, when you come to, to work with Irish Life, 
we talk about not landing a job as much as building a career and a number of careers across the business across time and as you said your your people so the people who work with us are our best word of mouth or our worst critics depending on what their experience is like while they work with us so questions like do you have fun is my perspective valued and respected can i make decisions will i be supported to follow my personal and career ambitions can i be part of a team that makes a difference does the job i do have an impact for customers all of those things is important so that's what i focus on when i look at employee experience <coughs> sorry um yeah yeah no no that's fantastic um let's talk a little bit about um some challenges that you encounter in your role because this is such a new and sort of emerging field and you are dealing with people of all sorts like you know t tell me what kind of obstacles you have come across i think part of that is the bit that you touched on initially is that employee experience is new so if we look at where it came from internal communications used to live within hr and at its best it used to be that voice out to employees and at its, at its very best you would also hear back from them so it was a two-way communication channel in some instances, though, there's also really good evidence that it turned into PR for HR, which isn't really an experiential piece. It's more information pushing, yeah. which, as you know from comms, just isn't, isn't good practice and doesn't leverage the very best of your people. So one of the challenges is working out those cross-functional boundaries. I'm really lucky. I work with a super team who get it and with an organization who's behind it, who wants Irish life as a community to have the very best experience that we can have in the business. But it's looking at those touch points. So it's working hand in glove with HR, with marketing, and with more traditional forms of communication to innovate and make that experience more holistic, that we're covering off all of the elements to make sure that it is the, are you having fun in your role right the way through to, do you personally understand the value of your role into the wider business strategy and the difference that you can make? And I think the guiding light for us is making sure that our vision and values are really clear to our people because the challenge comes when that bit isn't working. So if you know, so our, our vision is to help people build better futures. And we have four core values around everything that, and that I suppose structures what we do. And when that bit isn't clear, things don't work. When that piece is clear, there's far fewer challenges because as you said, it's, it's people, so it's very human. So you would expect there to be challenges, but once that piece is laid down and people have that reason to believe, then everything else flows that more positively. Yep, yep, that's fantastic. Um, so, I just want to bring in sort of the content angle and in terms of, um, so you are in charge of putting out the connected life, which is an employee magazine mm -hmm. that comes out twice a year. Mm -hmm. And I guess, talk to me about how content and how connected life have helped you in your position and helped you to increase employee engagement. Sure. I think connected life is really important, not just that it exists, but also how we brought it to life. So a lot of the work that we do is collaborative. So when I started in the function, so it's less than two years ago um, when this function was established from scratch, and we looked at the usual channels of there's email, there's internet. What, so what do we fill these spaces with? And that brings you immediately to the, what is content and what is good content to help that reason to believe and that compelling mm -hmm. story about what it's like to work with Irish Life uniquely as against any other business. What we found out very quickly, having worked with our people and surveyed and all of those usual things that you do, was that we're quite a traditional business. We're 77 years old. And the real positive in that is we have a really strong heritage and it's from that that we build to innovate. And so people were saying, I know it might sound old school, but actually a magazine in my hand that I can bring home, that I can share with my kids, that brings Irish life out into Irish life, if you, if you like, would be really useful. And that's where the idea of um, a staff-led magazine came from. 
So even down to the name, it's something we dealt with our communication steering group on to make sure that it resonated for them. And then the content comes from our people. They're their stories. They're their careers and successes being celebrated. And it's their personal interest, whether it's in business strategy or stuff they're hoping to build towards, or even at the recipe section at the back, it's entirely staff owned. So they can recognize themselves on a page. This is your version of Irish life as you experience it is really important. That's such a great idea, you know, in terms of because you are such a large company, right? What better way to sort of introduce other, you know, your coworkers or get to know people a little better or just really put that human element Mm. onto something like an insurance company that could seem very like, what is this thing and and who (laughs) works there? You know, so it's it's a great idea. I love it. And I've seen the magazine and it's absolutely beautiful. We're really proud of it. And we think it looks like us on a page. And, And that piece of financial services being a little bit beige, we know that that perception is there. But when you look at the depth of career Irish life has, we have data analysts, we have digital skill staff, We have a huge range of careers that you can have, but it's not necessarily understood. And I think one of the things for us is that our brand is so ubiquitous that we nearly have to work harder to begin to tell a different story as we innovate and develop. And we're in a really ambitious growth phase at the moment. And so our people being our greatest asset and making sure we have the right people all pointing in the same direction is just really key to future success. So putting that on a page and making sure that our people feel recognized and valued is really important. Um, the, The learning, I think, from... The first issue to the second is we thought we had we thought we had focused enough on the people and the one piece of feedback was that people wanted even more so for the flat plan and, and all of the work around content for issue two we were focusing on that even more to pull out the more human stories so when we talk about ambition and innovation it's very much more at a personal level of what that means to you as an individual in addition to your to your role or your day job so that we're even going down into a little bit more depth around the, the human angle mm. of stories as well and that's really important Oh, definitely. Now, how do you source that content? Do you do put, kind of, like, put a call out to all of the employees? You mean other than harassing people? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do, I do know that, that angle of things from my own. <laughs> um, no, we, we agree a theme for, for the magazine. So for issue two, it's going to be on innovation. There's a lot of work that we're doing at the moment cross-functionally and in different teams. So we want to make sure that whatever we do is consistent with the business strategy. I think in engagement, that's something to be really clear on. Um, unlike a commercial arm, it doesn't have a PL line, it can be seen as a cost to the business. So my my guiding principle, I'm really strong on making sure that we're, we're close to the commercial arms of the business and whatever we're doing supports their strategic objectives and their growth plans, because otherwise there is no point. So we picked innovation, we do the flat plan and look at the types of story we want to tell and then go out through our steering group and the various working groups the business would have for diversity and inclusion, for CSR, staff charities, and begin to identify stories they'd be happy to tell and share that they think is the very best of what they've done in the last six months. And then because we have a huge number of really highly skilled staff, but who don't write for for a day job, that can be a bit scary. So an awful lot of it is helping pull out the stories, but then supporting them to put words on it that sound like them, but that they don't have to do the heavy lifting around. And so we, again, supported by a really great team and by Zara in doing that. Um, and then getting to something we can be proud of that gets through all of our editorial review process that we do internally to make sure that we're compliant because obviously in FS, that's really important as well. Oh, yeah. I, can, I can't even imagine the sort of regulatory. <laughs> Stuff, yeah, yeah, of course. We love them. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. So I guess um, kind of segueing a little bit into um, engagement. Mm. Um, how does engagement come into play both in your role, in your position, but also with the magazine? Well, engagement, we still struggle as a, as a new area, I think, and, and speaking to friends and colleagues who work in, in the field. 
we still struggle with metrics. So you can measure an ad. You can still talk about reach and share. You can measure PR to a point. Um, you can look at key messages picked up. Engagement becomes trickier because it's your own staff. And so a like or a share, you have those on your social media channels. But to me, that's not as powerful as word of mouth. So we have over 2,000 people who, through word of mouth, will be our strongest allies or our worst critics. So to me, measurement is one of those pieces that we focus on to know what stories have been picked up, are the key messages we want to land around business strategy, the things that people end up talking about almost accidentally because they've been weaved through all of the content. We also benchmark research. Our magazine, I was really strong on that to know what kind of actions do people take as a result of having read something in the magazine. So we know from the first issue, four people in 10 took an action or did something different in their day job as a result of having read the magazine. 98% of people felt more connected to, to the company and also felt more valued and understood as a result of, of seeing each other's stories. That's so amazing. Just let me just huge. throw that in. Yeah, like that's, it's, those are, first of all, those are great numbers anyway you yeah. look at it, but then to have it be people feeling better about yeah. themselves and their job, like what, what else can do that? You know, and that's great. In the company. Yeah. And I think that's enough, an awful lot of businesses are trying to crack of how do you get trust and authenticity in the business? And certainly when we do staff surveys, which would link in with engagement as well, that gives a quantitative measure. But, and my statistics nerd is going to come out, <laughs> that measure is once a year and it's a lag measure. So it tells you what you've done. It doesn't tell you how you're doing on an ongoing basis. Yeah. So post surveys come into play. But it also doesn't capture the depth and color of something that's more qualitative of people yeah. now volunteering to take part in the magazine saying, oh, actually I have a colleague who's done really well. Can we share their story in the magazine? That's awesome. Where yeah. Not, okay, so I said harassing, and there will always yeah. be harassing around deadlines. But we now have people saying it's a valuable channel. I want to celebrate my colleagues or my peers yeah. and make sure that they're they're called out and recognized for their, their values and for how, how good a job they're doing. So that to me is much softer in one sense, yes. But in another, it gives you a real sense of what it means to people and how that, that story and content piece is woven through our work. Yeah. Yep. Are there any um, specific tools that you use in terms of measuring engagement or just with your job in general? I think we, we are always looking for new tools and better tools. And um, we're going through a process at the moment to see how else can we build metrics around what we do. And everything we do would be the ideal to make sure it's measured. It's that business piece of what gets measured matters. But with humans and, you know, the employee population, you don't want to measure people to within an inch of their lives. And all of a sudden that becomes disengaging. So we have an annual staff survey. We would also have customer service um, surveys that we see how we're doing against our customer first value. But an awful lot of it is informal. It's working closely with frontline managers who will have the best possible sense of where their people are at. And they'll be able to spot engagement or disengagement really quickly. And what that throws back up to me and my team then is looking at building skills and capacity around how to get people back in in an engaged, in engaged way. Is it about making role profiles clearer? Is it about making the vision and values more resonant for people at their desks on a rainy Monday in November? Um, and how we can support the individual business's own engagement. Because a little like culture, I don't think engagement should just sit on one desk. It takes a whole organization from the sum of its parts, all the small stuff through to the big decisions to make a culture. And I think engagement is very similar that it belongs to all leadership at all levels in the organization. I would totally agree with you. And I've seen the culture piece play out. Um, my background for the past 10 years has been tech startups, uh, right? And they have, that's... they have the cool engagement <laughs> stuff. They've got beer pong and pool, pool tables that we can't begin to think about. <laughs> On one hand, but what if you're not a drinker? How does that play into your culture? And who are you ostracizing? And who doesn't yeah. feel comfortable in the workspace? Like there's so many things that I went in 
as a younger person thinking, oh my gosh, this is so cool. We have beer on tap and we have this. And then as I spent time in the environment, I was like, you know what, this, this is really cool. And for some mm. younger developers, for younger employees, like this is something that is totally a recruitment tool, you know, like you have to have the cool office and you have to have the cool space and all of these perks and benefits and free lunch and this sort of thing. But at what cost? Like, who are you, who are you, um, sort of putting out who are you not appealing to Mm -hmm. with some of those things that are so cool and trendy they have a huge street cred and i think there are there are businesses that will always trade on that and that's because of the niche market in which they operate and the talent they're trying to attract it works there's also some interesting trends though so google is building the biggest headquartered office in history spending more money i think i read in forbes than any other business at any other time which would suggest that it's maturing as a business. It now wants desks in an office, in a location, and maybe fewer pool tables. I think more traditional or blue chip companies in Irish Life is one of them have a huge story to tell. It just looks that bit different. But for all of that, we need to attract millennials and we need to look at how we do that. But I think we also need to be cognizant of a multi-generational workforce where the same fit won't work for everybody. And if you're looking at people having that multiple number of careers across a lifespan, and what those cohorts want at different times in their life and what they will engage with and what resonates and what they value, that looks different to everybody. So it's it's one-to-one and one-to-many communication at the same time to try and, and pull out really what strand works best for, for people. And that's, again, it brings us back to the managers and you know the culture on, on the whole to know what people want and what they value. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I guess um, kind of playing up the culture piece and talking a little bit about employer brand how does especially at irish life you know being that you are a 77 year old company um and you are a very large company and you are an insurance company like there's a few things going on there where it might be a little more difficult to build this brand um because it's something that's so well established and it is sort of a um a, a larger player in the space you know you're not creating culture from from day one and it is a company-wide thing. So I guess my question is, how do you guys go about building that employee, the, the culture at your workplace, and how is that used in terms of recruitment? That it's, it's funny, because we are 77 years old and we've gone through a huge transition in the last few years, um, partnering with Great West Life, our parent company, we've come back to focus on what is our employer brand and more important than the brand, what's our employer narrative. And I suppose I differentiate between the two because our brand is incredibly strong. It's ubiquitous. That's nearly its own challenge because it's so well recognized that we've recently, for example, purchased a health insurance company. So we're expanding the business into an area you wouldn't necessarily expect. And so if the brand is all you think about, you're not automatically going to understand the breadth of careers that you can have with Irish Life. So we put together working groups of people who are lawn servers versus newbies new joiners across different age ranges across different types of role and ask them so when you saw that ad what did you think of when you thought of Irish life what made you want to apply and what was different from that point in time to when you walked through the door and what the experience was like as an insider as against you know somebody just looking at the company and we found that a lot of our core values resonate that the people that make up the business so the 2000 plus people come out first and foremost time and again as a real differentiator for us so it's the community of people around you your team how they will help you grow develop be supportive that makes a real difference and it's beginning to tell that story um, that i think will will make a difference for us in terms of recruitment we have a really skilled recruitment team who look at that part of it i suppose our role in comms and engagement 
is to look at how do we package the words, how do we weave through a significant CSR program, a new diversity and inclusion program that's just launched because we realise for financial services in Ireland in particular, that's an area that desperately needs focus. How do we talk about the fact that we're a campus? So we have a significant presence in Dublin 1 and we refer to it so internally. So when you join, people talk about the campus and the first few weeks they're wondering what do they mean? What they mean is the significant like land footprint and the number of buildings that are that's in Dublin 1. And, you know, there's a swimming pool, there's a gym, there are some fantastic facilities that we haven't been really good at, at talking about. But then you go in and talk to recent graduates who are coming from a college or campus experience and you're able to map one onto the other and say, OK, yeah, you can point. continue yeah. that same experience, but you're doing it in a more grown up way with very professional colleagues actually making a difference in people's lives. And that's the story you begin to tell as against pensions or insurance. So yeah. I think always people will people will buy into the why and the how before they buy into the what. So it's it's demonstrating that helping people build better futures, whether it's through financial planning or pensions or health insurance, actually has an, an, a real impact for, for customers and that becoming part of Irish life is actually becoming part of that bigger picture for Ireland. And I love what you had to say about it being a narrative because that, in me anyway, I, I think of narratives as something that are continually sort of changing. You can really adjust them or you know tweak them when necessary and it's the kind of thing that it takes time and skill to sort of craft that and you definitely want input from a lot of different people um but i i think that's a fantastic idea is that if more companies thought viewed it as a narrative and something that was an ongoing process of telling the story as opposed to here's my logo and here are the colors and let's slap that everywhere and there's our brand you know I think I think it takes on a whole different like a whole life of its own and it can be this like a work in progress if you will I think that gives the flex and agility that you need for it to work commercially I think you know talk to any marketeer even me in previous roles try and talk about that rebranding experience and go and argue for the budget for it and people do sort of think it's just the color, it's just the logo. And it is a huge amount more than that. And people who are experts in their area around marketing and brand do it really well. Again, we have a really strong team and, and they do it really well for, for the One Irish Life brand. I think the difference in the narrative is because you're dealing with people at different stages and ages, at different points in their career, who are new joiners and also long servers, who have different needs and expectations. You can't tell that story with a one size fits all. There has to be that different set of voices, that light and shade. And over time, it has to evolve to show that we as a business are changing and therefore what people expect from us and get from us will also change. And I think that keeps it fresh, but is much easier to do in the concept, in the, the context of employee engagement than it is to do a whole company rebrand. So we have to have that solid piece to hang our hook off to be sure that, yes, it is still Irish life that we're talking about, but the words that live behind it for our own people need to resonate and they need to update as people do. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That's very well put. Um, so I guess I'm going to kind of veer back a little bit towards employee experience um, because there was a question that I just popped into my head that I thought maybe we could address. Um, so it, what are your tips for other companies that are looking to start something like this to you know improve their own employee experience? You, you know, this is something that you've been doing for a little while now and you know you've, you've probably made a few mistakes or learned along the way so if you could just share some things that you think other companies could be doing better I think the first thing I would say is that one of the things I'm I'm looking to do is build a community or a network of people who do this for a day job because it can feel quite isolating I think it is a new area there's lots of pockets of people but there isn't a natural network that you can tap into so that's something I'm looking at 
so that we can have those discussions about what worked and what <laughs> yep, hasn't worked yep. together. Um, I think the most important thing to do is take time and be mindful of the culture. I'm, I'm conscious that when I joined Irish Life, I was joining a huge institution. The amount of time it takes to get to know the people and how they tick and what part of the culture they value most, that, that's something certainly I would have underestimated. And I think it's important because of, unless you start from an understanding of the culture that's there, anything you suggest just won't, won't land and won't have traction because it's not, it doesn't feel like it fits. Yeah. I think the other piece is that employee experience, and if you look at some of the real heavy hitters, like the Dropboxes, like the Vox Pros, like the Airbnbs, have it at C-suite level, where it is part and parcel of the decision-making. Yeah. It's not, we've made our business decision, we've written a strategy, now here will you engage on that topic. Engagement is the outcome. So done well, engagement is what happens when you build a very positive employee experience. Being in the room and having a seat at the table when those conversations happen is really important because otherwise you can't affect change and you can't truly understand where the business is coming from. So I think positioning is really important. Um, I think the other piece is to, to work with the groups that are already established. So some of this is definitely not reinventing the wheel. HR groups have done it for a long time. CSR staff-led groups have done it for a long time. A lot of the role is, is joining the dots to get the very best out of what's already happening. So I think rather than kind of sitting in a room going blank page, we need an employee experience, it's actually talking to people saying, okay, what is it you value? What is it we could improve? And then finding what homes there are already within the business that that can live. Um, and just an openness, I think, to, to moving things on comms as a sector can be quite entrenched in doing things the way they've always been done. So the press release has been structured like a press release since time began <laughs> yeah. for good reason. But I think we need to get a bit better um, at, at being more agile ourselves as a profession to realize that if we look at Dropbox, for example, that's just had a, ha hired a global head of employee experience, is looking to the future where talent is going to be the differentiator between a successful business and an unsuccessful business. It's not gonna be just about strategy and customers and price point anymore. And therefore, putting that focus on it the same way you would with other commercial aspects of business planning is important. Yeah, it's it's so true. And I think um, the one that resonates with me is just having an openness to try things, right? There are a lot of yeah. companies that are maybe a little worried about, oh, what if we do this and it doesn't work? Like, do it and see what happens if it doesn't work. And then you adjust accordingly and you try something else. And that takes real bravery, I think, because any company that wants a positive employee experience in Irish life is, is absolutely a leader in the space wants the very best for its people so there's an awful lot of goodwill where we don't want to try things on and have it be negative for our people because they're cared for and, and minded right. so much that i think that that hesitancy is really well intentioned so i think sometimes it's about a smaller project that you can pilot and say okay so even if it goes wrong it's not going to be a yeah. disaster <laughs> and trying it on for size so trying the magazine on and seeing oh actually it did work and we actually want more of it rather than less of it yeah and you know other content like an e-bulletin where it may not sound as innovative as you, you know, as tech companies, for example, but we have an awful lot of employees who don't sit at a desk every day, who are out with customers or who are on the road, who don't interact with the email and the internet the way mm. you would want them to in other roles. So it's about them just trying on a way to reach them as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, what, is there anything you that I forgot to ask you? I don't think so. <gasps> this was so awesome. I knows I've forgotten this <laughs> I just think it's such an interesting topic and one that I know we're going to be hearing much more about in the future and probably from the likes of you because it sounds like you are really leading the way in terms of employee experience, at least in Dublin. So that's oh, amazing. Thank you. It's something I'm passionate about because I think you spend so many hours in work that what that is and what it means to you and what it 
fulfills in your life and your ambition is is really wildly important and i can't think of anything i'd rather be doing oh that's so awesome i think that's a fantastic way to end so i really want to thank you for your time and for coming in and talking to us um i know we're going to be hearing a lot more from you about employee experience so thank you yeah thanks and uh we'll be back soon with another episode of from a to zara thanks for listening bye